Hello and welcome to Divisive Issues, the spoiler mouth. What? Foul mouth. No, spoiler filled. <laughs> spoiler mouth. Spoiler We're technically spoiler filled comic podcast. Yeah. I'm Phil. <laughs> I'm Sly. And I'm Daryl. You probably know us by now. It's a There's like two fans, or no, right now it's one fan, but Daryl's the one who suggested this, so two fans. But I also yeah. like. So it's three. Uh, so I can even tell that uh, Ryan's all over today. So we're all immediately falling into chaos. Uh, he is the Superman to our dark, dark world, and he has left us. Well, yeah, Ryan's yeah. gonna be busy this whole month. So this episode and the next episode will be Ryanless. And so I took this opportunity, and I was like, you know what? Let's read a story about a dark Superman. So we can just be like, isn't this the, like a better way to portray what what like someone with too much power would be like? Uh, Ryan's more like the Plutonian than he is like Superman for us. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> Let, yeah, I'm like, whoa, let's hope he doesn't listen uh, so to this. Actually, yes, now uh, Phil said it, not us. <laughs> I'll yeah. be the one killed. <laughs> so, so we're reading Irredeemable. It's written by Mark Wade and drawn by Peter Krause. And we're going to be covering the first eight issues. And this was something, this was post-college. I think this was like the first comic I read post-college. Like, like away from Ryan's influence. And I think it was my brother got me to read this. And it's like, the premise of this is what would happen if Superman snapped, and the book calls it Going Rogue, but it's essentially, what if he just started murdering people just for almost no reason? Yeah, it seems it's like. not, he's not like, I'm, I'm evil, like in the sense, like, I want to join the villains. He's like, just yeah. lost his mind and is killing everyone. Yep. Well, I remember when Daryl, I think, mentioned Nemesis. He heard uh, Nemesis and Iridium mentioned as a good pe- uh, double feature. Yes, side by side. One's like evil Batman. The other one's evil Superman. And I think that explanation is pretty apt. Uh, this feels like Mark Wade doing his best Miller impression. I felt, well, I guess we'll get into it later. But like, I reading this, I kept thinking, like, why do, to me does this work and Miller doesn't? Like... There were so well, many. Well, th- it's a very obvious reason. The writing is better, and the characters. <laughs> the characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's actually human moments in this, unlike a Malar work. Yeah, it's like so dark in this comic, like Malar stuff. But because they never turn to the camera and say like "lick my balls, honey" or something like that, yeah. I'm like, wow, this is very poignant. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and as I was re- rereading this, like the first time I read it, I'm like, oh, this is really neat. But now that I read so like Sly has had me read so many Edgelord books, I'm like. Oh no, like I didn't realize how Edgelord influenced this is, especially with like the first scene in this. But it never comes off as too much to me where I'm like, there's a there's a couple times where it's like maybe you could tone down a little bit, but it keeps it interesting. Like the sex stuff I, I could do without. I, I think this comic would be better about in, in the sex stuff and this the sex slave stuff. I I kinda like it. <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm I have like, it on it's, it's because I like I like weird perversion stuff. It's like like how I like the the weird sex cult stuff from Flex Mentality. It's like I like seeing people with like their inhibitions gone and it's like what would you do i also like the fact that in this the evil superman like he obviously something fucked up happened to him to make him like this he's not like the the, the malar character would have been born a sociopath and have grown up being like i've been planning on killing your baby since i was born like they they, <laughs> yeah. they like relish in it from their whole life where he he does start yeah. to relish on the violence at a certain point here even i mean from the beginning but he he does has like there's many times where he's like you see he's like lost his mind yeah it shows you like flashbacks and he's trying to be a good person and this is essentially a person that gets traumatized to the point where they decide to inflict harm on other people because no one can stop them 
and they they start enjoying that. So Daryl said he didn't have any backstory for his book, but I, I do want to say uh, from my experience of reading comics and from experiences I've pursued on to you guys, this came out uh, like near, near the end of the Millar, peak of Millar influence. Uh, this came out around the time of The Boys, uh, Wanted. Uh, so I found it funny when I was like, this is a mind-blowing book that's so different. It's <laughs> This is following every trend at the time. Uh, evil Superman exploding people is like the most... Like, we, we read Infinite Crisis. That happened around the same time, too. Superboy Prime. Mm-hmm. Like, that, 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 this, when Daryl's like, this is going to blow your mind, I'm like, I've seen this so many fucking times. And mm. it, it definitely feels from that era. I, I think for me, the thing is, it's always like, what is your first introduction to that idea? And I had not read The Boys. I had not read Infinite Crisis. I had read No Malar. And this was my first introduction to it. And since it was handled well from Mark Wade's point of view, it was like, it was that the, you know, the wanted moment when you first read it when you're a teenager and you're like, this is awesome. Like, comics aren't for kids anymore kind of a thing. Where I'm like, superheroes aren't perfect. Uh, I, I can't judge I can't judge you on that because uh, if anyone watched our Wanted episode, I admit I liked it when I first read it, so fuck me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to start getting into it. And it opens with showing the, oh, uh, what's his name? The Plutonian Man. Plutonian. Isn't he just Plutonian? Yeah, he's just a Plutonian. Yeah, the Plutonian. Uh, it shows his eyes and he starts like looking into a house and then you have like this guy running out, Sarah, it's a superhero. And he's like, we, ha- we have to go. Like, he- he's- we know he's here. We know he's around. He knows everything all about us, our identities. And he's listening. And then they start running downstairs and there's like explosions going on. And he's just like using his eye lasers, the Plutonian. And his wife is with their infant child. And she can't open the door. She says it's open. It won't open. It's stuck from the heat. And then it shows the Plutonian's eyes, and they just evaporates them into like just skeletal remains. There are a lot of the there are a lot are... of baby skeletons in this comic. It's pretty disturbing. Yeah, babies and kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is the Edgelord thing where it's like always oh, attack the children. Show like gritty and dark it is. And then the father takes his daughter and he runs downstairs and he's saying the cave, the weapons in the cave. And he gets into the basement and the Plutonian grabs him by the ankle and like he makes him fall down. And the guy starts pleading with him. He's like, please, not my daughter, too. She's only a little girl. And the Plutonian says, I know exactly what she is. She's a carbon bag of atoms and bioelectricity. And he uses his laser vision, just evaporates the dad into uh, bones and ash, too. And we should mention, like, his outfit is, like, it's all red with, like, black cuffs and then, like, a black triangle right around, like, his neckline. Like, the show is regular costume, which is, like, all white. Uh, yeah. He, he does his, his, like, modern costume, like, at post-evilness is very much, like, I'm the evil version now. Because, like, he even shaves, like, yes. his head to <laughs> yeah. look more sinister. Also, you should have said, he says, I know who she is. She's a carbon bag of Adam's electricity. Do you know who I yeah. am, Sarah? I'm a superhero. <laughs> he whispers in her ear and then flies away. Yeah, and then he f- that, that feel, flies that away like from very, the house exploding. Yeah, like uh, that felt like a very Malara line. I agree, and that's why. I, yes. Starting this off, I was like, oh, another one of these. Like, I did. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it keeps that fucking like edginess for the sake of it for most of this. I just felt like that. Yeah. I do agree I, I, with that I, intro though. I will say it gets better. It gets uh, better the f- uh, further and it goes. It feels like it's trying to win in, but this felt, these early pages felt like. 
it was trying to win over the Malora cloud, uh, crowd. Like, they yep. see the page saying, whoa, Superman <laughs> blew up a fucking kid. It's awesome. Go buy more. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you guys. And it was funny because the first time I read this, I was like, this is crazy because Superman blew up a fucking kid. I was like, that's so edgy. But now rereading it, it's like, there's probably maybe a, a like a, a nicer way to handle it with how much like sentimentality is within this series. Yeah. It, there there could be a different way to do it, but this is the way it is now. He, he murders a, the child of a superhero. And then it cuts to one week later, and the, it shows the Plutonian finding, like, a big, like, comic book robot and deactivating a nuclear bomb within him. And it's, all, like, it's old it, white costumes, uh, yeah. Plutonian. Yeah, so this is when he was good. He was fighting him in, like, a baseball field. Even though it says one week later, it's clear this is not really one week later. But um, it's someone remembering it one week later. Yeah. And, and this, they, yeah. and then the, the dialogue says, and that was the first day you met him, Sam? And then there's a guy who shows up who has a gem in, like, the middle of his forehead. And he's mm-hmm. like, I can't, yeah, I think. It's tough to remember. He's like an Indian kid. Yeah. yeah. And he's basically remembering Super or Plutonian in his, like, golden days. It's like the team all together. It looks like the fucking Justice League shows up, like... Yeah, like, oh, this, this this comic has very blatant uh, comic book uh, like Justice League analogies. Yeah. They have a Hawkman analogy. They have two ki- twins that seem like the uh, like the one twins, and they have a Black Lightning slash Static Shock slash every Black Electric <laughs> Hero uh, character. Yeah. yeah, who makes fun of the fact that he's another Black Electric superhero? Um, yeah, and he's like trying to remember, and the guy who's inter- like questioning him says like you you said you remembered something else. There's something else you noticed. And the kid is trying to remember, but he keeps struggling and saying, I, I can't remember. I, I just want to lie down. And then mm-hmm. uh, it keeps going back. And they're like, you have to tell us. Focus. You were his best. Like, you, he was our teammate, but you knew him best. Uh, you have to tell us what happened. We're counting on you. Everyone, uh, like, worshipped him. We see all these the flashbacks of this kid being, like, his sidekick. And you see him fighting these skeleton guys in suits. You see him getting an award with the Plutonian. You see uh him flying away the, the kid the kid too explains like the power that he has is the gem in his forehead uh protects him from mortal harm so that he regenerates every night not that like if he lost a finger he'd be able to regenerate it but that he can't really die. like die yeah yeah like he's immortal and the guy starts like screaming at him telling him like you have to remember you you know you called us but what what you know what was what were you trying to say and the kid starts bleeding out of his nose and he's like i i, I can't i i i i don't know he just starts like stuttering and then yeah. One of the other superheroes sees the back of his head, and it's like he got like lobotomized by the yeah. Plutonian. They have a flashback that of the Plutonian lobotomizing him in the back of the head with because the Plutonian, just like Superman, he has all the Superman powers. So he, with X-ray vision, he was cutting out vision, the part right? of the brain. Yeah, yeah, with heat vision. Well, yeah, he, but technically, X-ray vision is just heat vision is just him focusing his he, X-ray vision really hard. So oh, T-I-L. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so, so Sam says, I don't remember hardly anything anymore. That's all I have left in my head. Please kind of lie down now. And the guy uh, interrogating him is like, yes, Sam. And he just lies down in his grave as he's been dead. It's really fucked up. But it's like, oh, my God, this guy can't die. But he's brain dead, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, this is very <laughs> yeah. And so the rest of the, like, the Justice League people around here. And this is another thing that I liked about it is that there's... You don't need to know anything behind these characters. You're just like, you get like the general gist. You're like, okay, these people like do this and they do that. Yeah, like the, the guy who was interviewing him, he basically can like manipulate electronics and machinery. Yeah, Cubit. And he's like their strategist. So Cubit's like asking the team, he's like, we have to scan. I, I find it funny Daryl saying, you don't have to know these characters. You just know this character does this. For, mm-hmm. the first time in his life, I've heard Daryl say that. 
Well, it's because the comic <laughs> doesn't require you to know anything. I know, but like writers put that into consideration. They're like, I don't care. Absolutely, character beforehand. This is the first time, <laughs> just because he knows this is your one. If this was the thing is, like, certain characters can show up, and I'm like, I don't know if I am supposed to be like, oh right, because of like. I, X, I think y, I think if Z. you didn't do it in every single instance where you didn't know a character, I would believe your explanation right now. But I don't because you do mm-hmm. it every every time. So. Uh, no. But I think what he's saying is that okay. there's like, and any time an established guy shows up, you could think like, what if the writer wants me to know something about them already? And here, I know, but, 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 like, but even like, even like, e- even like when, when like Mark Wade himself and like Jeff Johns, professional writers, uh, introduce the character and try to make it as uh, penetrable as possible, Daryl still's like, I refuse to accept this. I, I want to know his first. Appearance. Well, there are some. I feel like it works with some things like Shazam, like anything where you're supposed to be looking at the inception, the beginning of a comic. I just like reading stuff from the beginning. Yeah. So Cubit basically starts saying like his strat- like we have to think about everything that we've ever learned about him, anything personally ever revealed. We need to know his background because we know they know his powers, but they don't know how the limits of them. They don't know where he came from, and yep. so they basically start on a bunch of leads. Like one one of them says, "I think he had a girlfriend named Alana or something." Uh, you know, I think. He must he must have a name. He's not the Plutonian, you know. So he must have parents. Yeah, he has to have like a secret identity, and that's gonna help. So he has to have like parents somewhere. And then th- uh, he gives them all a bunch of like uh, wristwatches, and they're quantum teleporters, so that anytime he arrives, you can just jump through like a, a dimensional door and end up somewhere else. And then they look up in the sky, and the Plutonians there and just start shooting lasers at them. So it's like, all right, everyone scatter, stay in contact on frequencies you can't hear. And then they just jump through different doors, and as they go away, he says, perfect. Yeah, I, I was not sold at this issue, I will say. But by the end, I was like, I wanted to keep re- I was like, I want to just continue this whole series. So like, it, I felt yeah. like this improves a lot as it goes. Because even, even yep. some stuff we learn later, like the fact that he's like burning people at Sam's grave, I'm like, I feel, I don't know. But anyway, it's it's because it starts and it just feels like this guy's evil. He's like just run around shooting lasers, and you're like, okay, like there's there's not enough intrigue yeah. other than just like because it really does just set up. What if Superman was evil? And you're like, I guess he would kill people with laser vision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we start issue two, and it opens with uh, Kaiden. She's this uh, Japanese superhero. If you if you, who... if you if you watch like Suicide Squad, she's fucking fucking katana basically. Or... Uh, Does Katana this use power ghosts? So this I, I know she has her dad's soul stuck in her sore or some shit like that, and it's still yeah. very inspired by that. Oh, but this was like I think so much cooler when she when they recite uh, ghost stories, the ghosts become real and kill people. Like, like even, <laughs> yeah, even like, I, I like that. Yeah, too. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting, uh, and uh, it's it's not that blatant of, of an influence, but it felt, it felt kind of like uh, kind of influenced by that. Uh, mm. Uh, but uh, it opens with a flashback, and you, they could, you could tell the flashback by the way because they have no border. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. they look the white, yeah. Ba- like yeah, the white. Yeah, so that's, and so you could tell it's Plutonian helping her during a, a uh, in the past during a fight scene, and it comes to in the modern day, and now she has white hair f- for some reason, and uh, it's raining, and she's visiting basically the Plutonians' lowest lane. Yeah, the the Alana Patel. Yeah, and they also give some backstory that uh, he blew up Coast City or Sky City or whatever. Like there was no, it's, a, not, it's not even Metropolis. Oh yeah, right. It is because it it's like, uh, you know, this gigantic metropolis, like Metropolis city that he just somehow exploded. Uh, yeah, and she and some people are still living in like the rubble, basically. Mm-hmm. And 
And the Lois Lane lady is here too. Kaiden goes to visit her. She tries to like fire at her, but then she knocks her down on the ground, Lois Lane. And she's like, I'm here to stop. You have to like tell me what is like what's gone on between you guys. And she explains, like, she gives the backstory where she's like, I was a sound engineer. I helped people escape from this building during this one time. Like, these bad guys showed up and the Plutonian fought them. And then afterwards, he came down and he's like, hey, like, nice work getting everyone out of there. Uh, you kept your head during all that. And I I, li- I like that you save lives. So what's your name? And then he, like, flies her up in the sky. And it's, it's like the d- generic, like, Superman Lois Lane romance where she goes into work and she's working with this nerdy other sound <laughs> engineer guy, Dan Hartigan. And then she goes and, like, hangs out with the Superman version of him all the time. Who, like, flies her to, like, some islands with dolphins and stuff. Yeah, and he catches, like, puppies from getting hit by cars. And it shows that there were some gut-wrenching times, like, whenever he had to go up against Modius. And it's this guy with, like, no pupils in his eyes. He looks like an old man with a staff. Yeah, he's basically set up as, uh, not exactly as, like, super, but, like, like basically he's arch-nemesis and... It's sort of like magic, kind of Lex Luthor, kind of a dude. Yeah, so he, he reminds me of like if I had to put, if I had to compare to anyone, it'd be Baron Mordo from Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. He, he seems. And, and like in the scene, too. like she's Lois Lane is holding the Plutonian while he's like his skin is like bubbling and he's like. And, and it looks like very reminiscent of like Death of Superman. Yeah, like, that, that, yep. that's pose. And he and Modius is just like draining his life or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like all of his. Enemies were frightening to some degree, but Modius was the only one that made him afraid. Have you fought him? And she's like, no, I heard the worst. And no one's ever, no one's sure what became of him. Like, he's just gone. And so she says, one day, Dan Hardigan, the nerd with glasses, pulled her aside. And he's like, I gotta, I have something to ask you. Alana Patel, will you marry me? And she's like, whoa, whoa, Dan, you're great, but you're not the man I love. And he goes, yes, I am. And then he magically turns his hair blonde and takes off his glasses. And he's like, I am the Plutonian. And that shows her shocked. And then she goes, what the hell? And he's like, honey. And she yeah, starts she, she basically, yelling at him. She basically like, uh, treats it like uh, he was playing a, a prank on, on her. And like and like playing a sick joke on there, pretending to be uh uh this fucking nerdy guy when he's actually Plutonian. How long have you been laughing at me? It's like I never, honey, trust me. I and she's like, how I don't trust you. How can I? You come in here every day and you play your little joke on everyone here. And he's like, it's not a joke. And then she runs out into like the sound booth and she tells a bunch of people that Dan Hartigan is the Plutonian. And then they see him and he's got like the suit on under his uh overshirt. And they're like, wow. I, I really legitimately feel bad for him here. I'm like, he had to live a secret identity. I, I know it's like, in, yeah. in reality, it's like, you can't lie to someone like that. But it's mm-hmm. like, he definitely was like, this is going to be such a, like, a romantic thing. And then they literally get on the air and start saying, interrupt this special broadcast for uh, blah, 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 <laughs> Plutonian. Yeah, we have discovered the Plutonian. And then he flies up into like the stratosphere where the satellite is that they're broadcasting to and he just crashes through it. And it says that it takes uh, one third of a second to reach a satellite. But Plutonian is way faster uh, than that, which, which which creates a big plot. I don't want to point this out too much because it's a plot hole <laughs> in most Superman stories. Yeah. Uh, he, he should have stopped her revealing secret identity. Like, if he's going to go this fast. I think he could have been in shock. Yeah. Of, like, no, but he's following after her. Like, he, and he's saying, no, no, no. Like, he could have stopped her. And he, and, and like, I think if he was in cohesive mind to stop that satellite and make that connection, he could have stopped her before that. Well, it's always a problem with, like, kind of Flash stuff is, like shouldn't the flash react faster than you can like surprise him or anything yeah, uh, like, there's there's always definitely it's like it's like you guys have said that he like goes into like like what you've talked about the flash because i always have that problem with him where i'm like 
mm-hmm. could you he should be able to calculate for a hundred years everything that happens because he's just sitting there like waiting for time to pass because he... uh, th- th- this scene this seems egregious for me because he uses that solution a second uh, the scene later it's, it's like he doesn't, he doesn't think of it while they do, they do mention he was they do mention he was too stunned so maybe... yeah that's what yeah I'm it's, it's that he's not like thinking all the time it's like I can use my powers to this like he it totally expected her to go along with it and that he could reason to her but as soon as they're like broadcasting out it's Dan Hardigan that's when he's like immediately goes into superpower it, mode like yeah. his eyes glow red it's like I was saying I was gonna try to say like when you've talked about the flash stuff you guys have talked about how he goes into the speed. Stir, yeah, like, there, there's no way. Whatever. That's the only way it makes sense. Like, if he can turn it on and off that speed mode, mm-hmm. or else, because uh, like, because uh, then life is hell. Uh, yeah, that actually, that actually is how Quicksilver uh, views reality. But that's why Quicksilver is usually an asshole in the comics <laughs> because uh, everyone's looking still for him all the time. And so he comes back down after blowing up the satellite. And he says, "You idiots!" And they're like, "Don't hurt us!" And he's like, "Me? How can I save you? Don't you realize?" Th- that you now know the most dangerous secret on earth. Think about like what the enemies would do to you. They'd torture you. They'd flay your partners and rape your children with hot knives. There's another like good Malar line. And then uh, he says, you can't ever like breathe a word of this to anyone. Not even in your sleep. If you're drunk, if you're tired, if you're lonely, like you have to trust everyone here not to reveal the secret. Otherwise, like this is going to happen. Your lives are, your lives are worthless. Now they're over. Even I can't see. And Lois, the Lois like, explains that like they all kill themselves at, like after a while after this event. Yeah. And what's great is he takes the Lois Lane, he teleports her to another place where it flies her very fast. And he's like, I just want to let you know, I forgive you. And she's like, what? And he's like, you mean everything to me. Marry me and I'll protect you forever. You know, I, I forgive that you revealed the identity. And she's like, but I don't even know who you are. And she walks away. And I I like the the... Because it's, it's a flip of, like, the Superman stuff where it's, like, Lois trusted Clark enough to be a good guy. But let's really, if someone's hiding this kind of secret identity from you, it is going to be, like, a major shock where you're, like, I didn't know you were doing this the entire yeah. time. I, I also think, because, like, the, the joke behind uh, Superman is yeah, he he is this frail, weak human being hiding this giant. Mm-hmm. And, and But, like, this is kind of an interesting, like conclusion that where like why would he do it except to play uh, to play a joke on people like um why why would he's he hiding, do that he's hiding why, his identity i know but why would he hide his identity because like in the old school universe he didn't really care about clark and clark and he may look like an asshole all the time and uh his mom and pa were dead so he didn't have any connection to them i think the idea is to protect your family and stuff like that like, yeah protect your friends and family i know his family was dead in the old continuity uh, uh, before the like the movies and stuff made the parents more of characters in the in the comics. You're saying why would Clark Kent hide his identity? Um, yeah, like why would old Golden Age Clark Kent like? It seems like he is just playing a joke. Like I think I forget uh. I forget who said it. I think Grant Morrison said it. The original Clark Kent was Superman's critique of humanity as weak, uh, cowardly people. Uh, so like if Grant Morrison can interpret it like that, maybe. She would have taken that too. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, like he blew up, you know, Metropolis and everything. And uh, Kaiden asked her, "It's like, can you tell me about the parents?" And she's like, "I don't know." Was, he was very guarded. Something about growing up on Wyoming is the most he ever said. And you could tell that was a slip. And she's like, "All right, come with me. I'll keep you safe. Like we have a base." And she's like, "No offense, but like I'm more worried about you than me because he can always he, he can hear my heartbeat. He can smell my perfume. He can find me anywhere if he wants to. But he." hasn't done anything yet so it's like that's why i haven't left my home is you know i i don't have anything to fear if he hasn't killed me yet and then she says we're all gonna die yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh 
So then, uh, Katan, I forget her name already. What's her name? Kaida. Kaiden. Kaida. Uh, calls the computer wizard guy. Qubit. Yeah, Qubit. Qubit teleport away, and then it cuts to Qubit's office, and it's a bunch of Modius's the, um, <gasps> the Bamworth type guy in his office. And I should, so we should know first, so let's like, to paint the image ahead, like, artistically, this reminds me very much of Mark Millar works as well, like that very gritty, realistic art style. And mm-hmm. the pacing is very fast, like a Mark Millar book as well. Uh, yep. This issue flies by. Yeah, but it a lot of the times too, like unlike Malar, where he just ends on big splash pages of people being like, "This shit got fucked." Yeah, there's actually, it's actually it's like, a twist. There's a twist. That yeah, they're good twists because he's not only working with Modius, but there's multiple Modiuses, and you're like, "What's going on? Are they robots? Or are they clones? Like, how, what what's happening here?" Yeah, and so issue three opens with Daryl's favorite, <laughs> the sex stuff. My favorite. No, yeah, <laughs> and there's. A woman on the bed. I was going to say Sly's favorite, cucking, but this isn't no, cucking. No, this is like, yeah. It, it starts with this... the someone who may be or looks like the superhero woman on the Justice League that we saw. And then someone who yeah. kind of looks like the Plutonian on top do of we ever her. Know, do we ever know her name? Because I, I don't know, I don't know Bet, who she is. Bet Noir? Yeah. I guess she's supposed to be Black Canary, but um, they, she doesn't get much character development in these couple issues. So Yeah. yeah. She, like they, they focus more on her later. Yeah. If I can focus on more on her being this obvious uh, source of Mister Irredeemable's lust, his like incel angst, yeah. <laughs> not like incel, it's his spurn, his scorned love angst. And he's gonna take it out by having this two couple dress up as one dressed up as Plutonia, not yeah, dressed up, yeah, even dressed up, dressed up as Plutonia, and one dressed up as her fucking each other. And, and yeah, and, because like the the woman has a wig on that makes her look like Bet Noir, the the Black Canary from the Justice League. And here. the guy is saying, "Say it, say it," and uh, she's like, "God," he says, "Like for God's sake, do it, say it for him." And then she on the bed with her wig falling off says, "Save me, please save me." And he fucks and he starts crying. Yep. He starts crying. <laughs> did, did you feel bad for him this page too? This poor guy. I didn't. <laughs> it was. I for me, it was more like this guy has some problems. Yeah. If he's making two people have sex, and which one of them's him? <laughs> but I, I like that it gets explained later. I don't know if it explains in the first eight issues, but he's so strong that he can't actually really have sex with anyone. Oh, so that's why he has to watch them have sex. Is it, is it that. like? This, is it that? Is it like that Superman joke where he, his, his sperm would go like a bullet through Lois Lane? <laughs> well, he, I think all he says is, "We can't like sleep together. I would destroy you." <laughs> It makes sense. <laughs> oh god. Okay. <laughs> so then you have these uh the two the Wonder Twin people. One of them has like a metal plate over the left eye and one have over the right eye. They look, they're like Kano from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they're so yeah, S- yeah, yeah. and Charybdis, the the sea monsters from the Odyssey. Um, yep, and in this, they're breaking into this uh, complex that the the Batman of this universe used to own, and it was basically he created his Batcave under a condemned prison. Uh, prison. And yep. when he when one of the brothers so one of the brothers stays up top, one goes inside, and the one mm-hmm. who goes inside as he gets in there sees a villain team, or I don't know if they're a team, but a bunch of villains in there. And they yeah. were kind of looking in here for a way to kill. You, you, not to you, kill learned, this, you learned they're a villain team because they, they came in here to uh, basically, basically talk about how Inferno captured them and stuff like that, and how they Inferno is the Batman of this universe. Yeah, and and, and like Plutonian flew in and basically punched uh, Inferno in the face, and <laughs> yeah. So I feel like if Superman killed Batman and then all Batman's like rogues gallery just go into the Batcave and they're like, man, that's crazy. Like, I can't believe he's dead. It's funny, it's funny, it's funny. I bring that up because stylistically, these don't look like villains. They look like they could be part of the hero team. 
like the costumes aren't very villainous looking. Yeah, the one guy looks kind of villainy to me. But the, which one? Which one? The giant one. I mean, that, that could be just a big strong guy on the team. Yeah, that's true. It it looks like a sixties yeah. X-Men costume. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, I like how I like how very there and that they're not like direct knockoffs. Like yeah. throughout this whole thing, there isn't like a hundred percent. Other than you know, Superman is supposed to be Plutonian. No, they, they, I, I would people... argue there are some uh, purple pur- uh, 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 purple lightning guy is like black lightning. Uh, Betty mm-hmm. the War seems like at least because for my scene she looks like she's Black Canary, uh, but 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 uh, but she uses like a gun that stops people. But like the design looks and uh, well, I haven't read further. Oh, I mean, a woman with black hair and a blue outfit. But like stylistically, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but more importantly, of these characters, uh, Phil says like I like they all look different. But like mm-hmm. there's like when you design like villains, one character has this has this idea. Uh, you have to use like. Like there's, there's things you put in to make it clear they're villains visually. Like one character, mm. the, one that looks most like a villain from to me is the guy in the purple suit. Because purple and green are are secondary colors, and superheroes supposed to have primary colors like red and blue. Mm. While villains yeah. supposed to have so like he's the only one that actually looks like a villain out of this whole group. Because everyone else is wearing blue pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so well, the, some darker colors too. I feel like I like a lot of dark blue other than the lady. Well, the, the the big strong guy and ladies. Yeah, so he's saying like, "Hey, l- let's look around for stuff." And they're like, "If if the Plutonian's a villain now, does that mean he's on our t- on our team? And if he is, how do we turn that to our advantage? How do we co-opt a god?" Yeah, and so the the uh, Scylla is like listening to them and recording them and sending it back to the uh, like headquarters. Yeah, lab with Qubit there. And uh, here, like, Kaiden's come back, and she's already like, why are there, like, all these, like, Modiuses hanging around with you? So he's he's not, like, hiding it necessarily from the rest of them. Then uh, they find this gun, and they're like, wow, remember this? He melted the crime tank with this. <laughs> and, <they love> it. <laughs> yeah. and then they're, when they're walking through the base, um, one of the guys, one of the villains says, they're all masochists, aren't they? Superheroes putting their private lives aside so they can go out at night and beat up the bad man who killed mommy and daddy. And as he's saying this, the Plutonian's in there and he's heating in the room. Is yeah, he's, he's heating up his coffee with his laser vision. And then he walks right past them and they're just like stunned watching this. Scylla starts mm-hmm. like, he's like, uh, he's, he doesn't say anything. He's just like, fuck. He's acting like, he's acting like they're not there. Like he's going to drink his coffee and sit down. So he sits down, a guy starts pulling out a gun on the Plutonian. The guy, says, the, the guy with the, the tank melter gun. Yeah, so he, he pulls out his gun, and then the Plutonian crushes his coffee cup, and then flicks a little shard of it, and just blows up the guy's arm. And um, he says, like, I, I, I know you're, I bet you're dying to scratch that same itch. Don't look surprised that I'm here. Just because I can ram through a mountain with my head doesn't mean I'm not smart. He's like, I know you guys were going to get here, safety in numbers and all that. And so he's like, all right, so if you guys want to be, like, if we want to be on a team together, I, I'm i going to give you the secret to, like, stopping me, but you have to earn my trust. He also does, while he's telling them this, say kind of some just, he starts to give some reasoning of why he's been such an asshole. He starts to say, like, mm-hmm. this, let me tell you about the kind of world that we live in, like, uh, or I live in, that it's a world of miserable, bitter, ungrateful paramecium who lash out at you in a state of perpetual rage for not solving their problems fast enough. You do astonishing things for them a hundred times a day. You bring wonder to the lives of ordinary people. But in the end, you realize it's like doing magic tricks for a dog. So you build a home out of a volcano, and you hope the noise drowns them out. And then Cubit's listening in on this through Scylla, and he's like, volcano, that's new information, make a note of it. Also before this, they're like, we should get Scylla out, but uh, Cubit's like, we gotta get information. As soon as he says 
As soon as he shows any sign that he's on to us, we'll get him out. And so he hands them all these, like, buttons. And he's like, here we go. Like, uh, so if you want to be a part of, like, my group, make sure that you don't push those. And everyone just starts pushing a button thinking that this is, like, part of his weakness. Because he says, you, you came like, here hoping <laughs> the Inferno, the Mighty Tactician, might have something that could kill me. Here it is. Uh, and so they, yeah, it's th- they all start pressing it. And he's like, wow. <laughs> I didn't even get to the end of the sentence. I gave you a fair choice. Did you really think that I'd hand you a way to hurt me even if there was such a thing? And then he talks to the Riddler guy and he's like, what would you build in your headquarters to keep it out of your enemy's hands after they die? And then numbers are counting down. And then <laughs> it blows up the entire like complex. It shows like the, the Plutonian man just standing there as everyone else is reduced to skeletons. And then only one person survives, this lady that can put up a force field around herself. And she's like, please, I'll do anything to live. And he says, I wonder, I wonder what you'd look like in a wig. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah, it's creepy. Uh, spoilers, he, he makes her to a sex slave. Yeah. He doesn't have sex with her. Uh, he has, <laughs> I he, mean, you're still forcing them to have sex with other people, which is a sex slave. You think, yeah. oh, you think it's only wrong if you fuck them? Yes. Fuck yeah, them. right? That makes sense. <laughs> So issue three begins with Cubit's backstory Four. where he uh, a real, talks. A, a quick Go ahead. Uh, note about this. Uh, sorry to point out all the Silo 6 stuff, but, but like, I find it interesting because this is, feels so 2008 for me. The, uh-huh. the cover shows uh, the Hawkman parallel fighting Plutonian, which I find funny because the Hawkman parallel will die very easily to Plutonian. <laughs> but but uh, also the covers have nothing to do with what's inside the story. Ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. this, this, mm-hmm. this is very much like this, this is an era where uh comic artists basically said the comic cover is basically like a poster it should have nothing to do with this plot ever it just has to look supposed to look cool pretty much oh i didn't even realize that through looking at it. So i was just like oh this is like i didn't even think about that they're not related there's like all. jets flying in it and you never see conventional militaries fight him they yeah. talk about how yeah. he just shit on them but yeah i thought that was funny <laughs> So the issue opens up with Cubit explaining his backstory about like how he met Tony like six years ago in another dimension. It's like your typical like the just rev- uh, summarizing like a comic book story where he's like, I came in here through cheese, but I didn't realize that these aliens would get mad at me. And so Tony came here. They call Plutonian man Tony. That's like the shorthand name for him. Yeah. He's like, Tony would come here and save me. Cubit, by the way, uh, like he looks like kind of like a Doctor Who character. Uh, like doctor, like a like a doctor who he has like uh, he's like a, a skinny British guy with like kind of up hair his hair up a bit. Yeah, yeah, and he uses like a door to teleport out of there. And Tony like tries to shake his hand. He's like, "It's an honor to meet you." And Cubit's like a little uh, skeeved out by that. And he's like, "Sorry, it's just, it's just actual human contact." Sort of, I get this burning feeling. It's it's not you. The honor is mine. And then, then they cut to John Bolton in front of the UN. <laughs> It looks exactly like John Bolton. Like I, I can't imagine it's not him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it, 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 it really <laughs> does. It really does. And, and John, I, I think he was like during the Bush years. He was like uh, a bastard to you and something like that. So this has, uh, to, this has to be him. So yeah. so yeah, John Bolton is like we have to nuke fucking the Plutonian uh, attack. Well, he's Plutonian. basically saying he's saying basically saying they have these screens up with the Plutonian, and it says like limitless strength, immeasurable speed, anti gravity, impervious skin. Power source, mutant human, extraterrestrial, loyalties, home base, weakness. And basically, this John Bolton is saying to the UN, we need the United States is open to the idea of nuclear armament alliances where I, we will literally ally with the rest of the world to fight the mm-hmm. Plutonian. 
we're, this is World War, like, this is Worldwide War. Yeah, so and, it, I, yeah. I'm joking, but he is, like, supposed to be the good guy here saying, like, we have to reunite as humanity, but all the UN nations are like, I support our, our Plutonian overlords. I love yeah. this. The, the, the first person to speak is, like, because um, he's saying we need to, we're at war, and the, the speaker from Kenya says, with a vengeful God, Mr. Secretary, one who can hear the whispers of a conspiracy from anywhere on the planet. The people of Kenya wish to extend not a fist, but an open hand by inviting him to the Kenyan throne as its new sovereign. And I'm like, this is the most logical like thing to do. And then, unacceptable, the People's Republic declares itself as the Plutonian's new homeland. And they all start being like, no, 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 like, you can make it your home here, Mr. Plutonian. And John Bolton's and like, jo- dear God, <laughs> yeah. you can't tell me that you're proposing anything less than global unity in the face of this crisis. He's a psychopath. He's not a hero to your children. He's a genocidal maniac. What is wrong with you people? And then... Uh, Plutonian blows the <laughs> like his cold. What is food breath? Power? Yeah, it's cold. He cold can breath? blow ice, ice, ice wind, breath. Yeah. ice breath. Yeah, and he freezes John Bolton, and then he whistles, and the whistle shatters John Bolton. One evil defeated. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, actually, I kind of like where this debate was going. The Plutonian says, he's like, go ahead, continue. And everyone starts like panicking, running around. They're like, please, we'll offer you. Yeah, you can, you can, we'll make you king, anything you desire. And he's like, that's interesting. And he goes, you're from, and the guy goes, Singapore. He's like, tell me, do you want to be my new home base? And he's like, uh, sure, we'll do, we'll do anything. And he's like listening to his heartbeat as he's getting like more excited that, uh, he's not going to murder them because he says and specifically he says we embrace you because and its heartbeat is like slow and then he says because we are grateful to you and the heartbeat goes up yeah. and I think that's when people are lying he hears it and yeah, I think well, yeah. I think oh. I think this is the touch here that he's again realizing people. No one is actually grateful for the, all the shit he did. Oh, I, yeah. I find it funny. Yep. He's fucking. He's actually offended. Like I, I, I just assume, like I, I assumed like he was gonna do this anyway. But I find it funny. He actually got offended that they're not grateful for him after he fucking blew up people and murdered hundreds. Of- I know. <laughs> at this point, it's like of course they're not gonna be grateful. But uh, I think his, his complex obviously stems from the fact that. You, he saved people for like 99 times a day and then other things. The people are still ungrateful. Yeah. Like, yeah, even as an evil, like, known villain, he's still, like, attached to this obsession. Yeah. Being like, well, like, I can't believe you lied to my face about being grateful. Well, that's the funny thing about life. Like, if you start destroying stuff, it kind of negates all the stuff you build up. Like, if, yeah. you, if you raise a child for 20 years and you murder him, like, you know, that kind of negates the good you did, doesn't it? Yeah, and so what yeah. is... So in his but it doesn't mean that, like, you, if you're the person murdering the child, that you think, well, I'm, you know, I'm a villain, I'm irredeemable now, you still are, like... Don't you realize the, all the good I've done? That's, like, you know, all the villains in the movie are like, don't you realize everything that I did to help you? Yeah, that is a very human thing. Like, uh, like, a, like, like, going back to that analogy, it's like a fucked up mom saying, I butchered this world, I'll take you out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you should be grateful. So what does he do to them? He goes to space. <laughs> he starts crushing meteors to so hard they become diamonds. And then he yep. throws these diamonds to to Singapore and burns them on the way down. So they... he, basically, so he basically just makes meteors hit Singapore and blow it up. But, but no, not, he doesn't just blow it up. He makes a foundation of diamonds that is so hard that he can push it. And he slams into Singapore and this the diamonds are strong enough to take his push. And he pushes Singapore into the ground and sinks the entire <laughs> island of four million people. That's, that's what he does. That's what he eventually does yeah. at the end of this. But first, he just th- yep. it looks like he's just th- throwing out meteors, and the Cubert and all the other characters. Cubert. What's the fucking name? Cubit. 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 And Hawkman and Noir. They jump in and they're like, "We can't fight him." And they're like, "No, this is a surgeon rescue. We just want to save anyone we can." But then Bluto's like, "No, he can only save." 10 and right he, catch, well, he, he catches yeah, cubit he, 
Yeah. Yeah, he stops the rest of them and then he catches Cuba and leaves him uninjured. And he's like, I want you just to choose 10 people to save. And he's like, Tony, there are millions. And he says, just choose 10. And he's like, there, 10. Are you happy now? 10 of millions? And he says, that's what it feels like. And then he just kills the rest in front of him. And then well, lets first, him first he, he, he kills the ones in front of him with Fury Vision. Then he does the... Sinking the, the island. Yeah, sinking island shit. Yeah. I will say, as this went on, I did feel more and more <laughs> sympathetic with the plutonium because, <laughs> because of the fact that when you start to see him later on in the flashbacks and you hear him, I didn't realize he can hear the whole world like all the time. And so mm-hmm. he's hearing people as he's trying to go just have a quick conversation with someone. He takes five seconds to go talk to someone. He hears someone getting mugged, someone getting shot, someone dying, needs like having a heart attack. Like he's mm-hmm. hearing at every moment. It's like when we talk about Superman, where like he he has to be saving people all the time. It's like if you knew everywhere, you could technically save someone, but everywhere yeah, at like the same time, someone getting murdered every five seconds. If you could hear around the entire world, you would be hearing people get murdered every five and you, seconds. And you can save some of them. You can, but he he mm-hmm. has to choose. And every time he stops to do anything else, he's condemning everyone he hears to death. All right, so Phil always yeah. bitches about me spoiling shit, so fuck you. Uh, he, uh, that's a massive spoiler. Uh, but, but I will say <laughs> is that, it? Yes, it is. Cause that's, I was gonna say, I was gonna, I was, a couple pages, a couple issues ahead. I was going to say that's when I, I started liking this book, uh, when that reveal happened. But uh, now, mm. now, we, now we know. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay. I, I thought that was soon. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the issue ends with uh, the rest of the team in the hospital, and Cubic goes over to one of the Modius bots. You can see that like their face panels come off so that you can see their robot. We didn't say that. No, we haven't said that they're, they're robots. robots. He, the, yeah. in, the, in the thing, he says... Oh, I, yeah, I very built... boring plot point. Uh, Modius made robots himself, and now Cubit... No, Cubit made the... Oh, Cubit made the robots? Okay, so Cubit made, made, made the robots. Yeah, Cubit made the robots to think exactly like Modius in the hopes that they would know where he's gone because he can't find Modius. And Modius seems to be the only one able to stop Because he said Modius, the, you know, everyone said that he's the only one he feared was... The plutonium he feared was Modius. And so he's like, yep. yeah, eventually, if they really do think like him, they'll find him. They'll go where he yep. went. Daryl, I, 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 uh, I take it back what I said before. I was focusing too much on a few characters. Uh, I will say uh, these characters are very different from like just straight up copies. Cooper especially is a very interesting character. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he is like uh, he's he's like doing anything. He, in his, in, uh, he's like the morally ambiguous character doing whatever it takes to get to the plutonium. yeah or, li- or like the plutonian's old like buddy samsara yeah. sam like he's i feel like there's no direct analogy of like an internally coming back indian sidekick yes uh and it feels it reminds me in a weird way he reminds me of like johnny quest the indian guy from johnny quest but that's like me being weird probably yeah haji yeah haji but but <laughs> yeah uh, it, might, it might be racist yeah, it might be racist. <laughs> but uh but, but, but i was just focusing on a few characters there are way more differences than I, than I initially uh, thought uh, after finishing it. And so the the next issue opens issue five with him inserting a CD into like this uh, thing that was seized from Modius. It's like a transmits data to everyone's like uh, electronic devices. And so the plutonium man comes on everyone's screens. And you can like, the hey, plutonium I... fucking man. What, like, what the fuck, Daryl? You can the plutonium man. <laughs> what is, is he? Just just the plutonium. Plutonium. He's just a plutonian. I'm sorry. Oh, you call, Superman, Superman. <laughs> I know, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a, a. I mean, I'm being dumb, but Daryl loves his book. He's like a favorite book. It's like, like here's my favorite book, Superman. <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's I'm getting words mixed up. <laughs> he basically tells. He says, "Let's answer some viewer mail," and he starts responding to people oh, right. who said yeah. things bad about him. Like this one yeah. guy, because he can hear it. 
this is they're also saying here they can hear everyone but he yeah. he hears someone say this guy couldn't be the same plutonian everyone loved and he's like trick question lay how loved could i have been if you they're that eager to turn on me uh you called me a monster i've never done anything to you or to your children ages five and eight and he like starts basically saying to all the people who are shit talking him he basically starts just saying i know about your life i know your family's names yes you have cancer like <laughs> oh we should I, we should i don't know if we mentioned this but a lot a lot of this book feels like uh on top of everything else it also feels like a response to people like daryl who are like superman's lame because like after like, yeah. while he's saving people he hears it like in the crowd people are saying that superman's such a dork and he's like am i, am I yeah. fucking dark that motherfuckers so it's, it's, <laughs> it, it seems like he's like a response to that well, i don't think he i don't think he's lame for not beating the shit out of people that call him a dork i'm just like how does this stuff not get to you which is why like here's this is the ultimate like this gets to this guy and you get Get to see like how petty he is because he even says to them it's like you know that what they said about like gods admit that they disguise themselves as ordinary men that they go to they're in a bar or they're the new recruit or the foreigner that just moved in upstairs and they lets him know that this was a pre-recorded message he could be anywhere sleep tight and he's just really messing with all these people yeah it's just so like awful and terrible that he does this but he's also just like he's tortured himself which makes him sympathetic, not that you should sympathize with him. He is him. irredeemable, as the title says. Yeah. But it makes I, it un, it makes it understandable, not forgivable. You're like, yes, I get why yes, you got here, precisely. but it doesn't mean it's okay. Uh, the, the thing yeah. that makes it stand out amongst all the million other evil Superman out there, uh, probably out of all the ones I've, I've read, this feels the most like a regular person having Superman's powers. Like if Superman wasn't yeah. this uh, perfectly charismatic and charming person like like the low slain scene is a good example like most people uh fuck up courting people most yeah. of the time and he f- exactly like you you can't you can't pull off a superman lois lane thing where you're like surprise i've been lying to you my love i'm actually this other person you weren't attracted to the entire time <laughs> yeah so and, and, then, and, and she's the, like i love you it's and, also not like the yeah. 50s anymore and then and when we and when we get to uh a spoil, uh, spoilers later uh we'll see that he uh, makes mistakes, and but like on the, on the scale of, of power that he has, he's not allowed to make mistakes. Uh, yes, and like in real life, a person with Superman's powers will make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, like humans make mistakes, which is again why I'm like, I totally get being upset at the fact that you're like, I'm 99.9% of the time, I'm literally saving the world, and if 0.1% yeah. of the time I, I make mistakes, everyone's like, you're fucking terrible. You're irritable. Like, yeah, and so that's why I can imagine at a certain point you're like, no, I can't, I can't deal with this. Yeah, and so th- this issue uh, focuses on the, the I forget what this guy's name, the Volt. black superhero with electric Volt. powers. Volt. 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 Yep. Uh, uh, so to go back to Millar homage stuff going on, uh, Millar always liked to uh, draw his char- have his characters drawn by the actors he wanted to play him in the movie later, like Samuel yes. Jackson <laughs> as Nick Fury. It feels like he wanted Samuel Jackson to play Volt because he, 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 yeah. he very much reminiscent of Samuel Jackson's attitude. Yeah, it really is, where he's just like, he says, you're that Volt fella, you don't sound like I thought you would, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, sweet fudging monkey lover, is that better? He's like, oh, I'm sorry, skip it. And there's just people being racist to him, and then he yeah. takes the money, and the Pl- Plutonian shows up, and he's like, you shouldn't take money for this. And he's like, uh, basically, I want to invite you to the team. Wait, before, uh, before that, I just wanted to illustrate that that concept. He says, like, to the bank manager when he gives him money back, he says, it's got to be a service, and the uh, bank manager's like, pardon? That is to say, full shizzle, you racist bastard. <laughs> and then the, the one yeah. guy says, back to your hood then? Ah, yes, my hood. To listen to some fat jams. Gah, and he walks away. And, and then that's when the Plutonian shows up. And he's holding Bet Noir, like the Black Canary lady. 
and which I like because he says like, "Is that your girlfriend?" He's like, "What? No, bet no. She's not. We're just." And then she's like, "Hey." And uh, he he asks him just like, "Hey, why don't you come join this Justice League team?" And later on, he as they're looking at everyone in the hospital, the who is the one that survives? Scylla? Or I don't fucking Caribdis. Caribdis survives. Okay. They, they, they should have given a fucking nickname like Kirby and. Sifra. They call him Carrie. They call him Carrie. Okay, thank yeah, you. Carrie. Let's, yeah. call, let's call him Carrie. I'm <laughs> there you go, Slide. They're listening. Mark Wade's listening to your criticism. I know, but Phil, Phil and Sister using the fucking proper name. So I'm like, did they really call him Cribbus three fucking times? No fucking. Name. <laughs> yeah, they call him Carrie, and Carrie's okay. the one. He's the brother that survived. The other brother got completely blown up when Batman's uh, secret place got blown up too, and he's he's like wrapped up in bandages, and he's all pissed off. You know, he does the thing where he looks in the mirror. And then he punches the mirror. And he's like, I, what do I have now? What do I have left? I don't have a family. I don't have a face. I don't have any powers. And it flashes back to when Volt was talking to the Plutonian. He's like, Tony, please help us. When he first went rogue. And he's like, this, it's not too late to make this right. What can I do? All you've done for me, I give my left arm for you. You know that. And then Tony says, let's call it even then. And then it shows him like grasping at his missing left arm in the present time. Yeah. And, and he's been missing his arm for a long time, time, but now, uh, mm-hmm. this is the first time I noticed it anyway. Yeah. Yep. It's the same thing with me where it's like, Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty good and dark. And they, yeah. And they cover it all the time. The left arm. If you, if you went, I went back and it's always like kind of covered. Yep. And also Bet I like, starts... I like to, when they were recruiting vault, just to go back. Like I do like the characters in this a lot. Like mm-hmm. when they were, they were chastising him for taking money for these jobs. He's like, I can't pay my bills. I can't drive a car. Everything I touch explodes if it's electric at all. Like, my life sucks. I can't. I, I need <laughs> to be able to make money somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's cool. Like, that's what I liked about reading is the entire time you're not just like, oh, I want to see how the Plutonian's crazy and, like, going to fuck things up. Like, when you're reading Nemesis, you're just like, what is this crazy guy going to do? Or how do they overcome him? Instead, you're learning more about the world as you go through it where you're like, oh, like, yeah. this is what, like, his power has shaped his life. Or this is what these two people's relationships are like. Like, that's what I like about the, like, the flashbacks is it feels like there's almost a world here that's been living before Mark Wade decided to start it and yeah. show you it. And, and so yeah, Bet-Noir, Bet-Noir is, is sleeping and Gilgamore or whatever his name is. Hawkman. Hawkman. Hawkman basically says, like, he says, how's my wife? So I'm like, oh, they're married. And yeah. uh, she, she's like... Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I I tried to. He says I tried to protect you. Hit me like a thunderbolt. It seemed like he was saying something to you, and it flashes back, and he says to Bet, "You betrayed me." And she's like, "No, the, yeah. he said nothing important." Yeah, so it's very obvious. Like they were fucking. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you said, did, did you mention those cooking? Because that's kind of cooking. Well, I guess. Hawk, oh, it I, is. I think it was in the past. Right? It's, what was it? Well, this past? is so. It's, it's cheating. Is, it's always like the, the line yeah, between it, like the cooking and cheating. Hawkman, is, Hawkman, <laughs> Hawkman never knows to be fucked, so it's technically just cheating. But um, maybe, maybe Mark Wade could have go that far. He's like, he can't know. He has to. He has to be on the way. He can't I, know, and he can't be like, I enjoy this. Yeah, I assumed it was in the past, potentially before they were married, but I don't know. No, but, but they, they, uh, she, she's so. Afraid Defensive of... I don't... I, yeah, no. I think it's very, it, yeah. it, it gets into it. The issues... I was thinking about, like, whether or not we should start at 
uh, issue eight or issue twelve because issue twelve I think is where the trade ends and they get into their relationship okay. in like the next couple issues and it was I think it was actually when they were married that okay. she was cheating. I, I, on. I got that message. I think it was very 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 obviously painted that because she is denies any like kind of involvement whatsoever and. Yeah, it's very clear Plutonian has feelings for her. So, like, the fact that she is so unwilling to tell Hawkman anything makes it clear that it was, like, dur- it was during. Yeah, it makes sense. And so uh, they go back into the lab, and Cubit says, like, the, the Modiuses have locked on to a position. They're getting, like, images of where he's at, and then it shows, like, bits of, like, destroyed robots and then, like, a big painting of, of the Justice League together with, like, it's been slashed out. And Bet immediately recognizes it, and she says, it's his place. And they see it's that it's Tony's sanctuary. It has like his like throne and his uh, symbols on it. And then as they're looking around, like through this uh, connection, Tony looks back at them and then sees that they're pretty much spying on him. They basically blow up the portal, to, uh, blows up the portal to make sure like to stop the connection. But like, yep. I, th- I think he knows they are where they are now. And Carrie says, "There's three things we learned from that. One, wherever Plutonian's hideout is, and where and wherever Modius is, we're gonna have to get through there to get to him." Two, Bet's lying to us because she knew his place. Recognized uh, it immediately. Yeah. And yeah. three, the Modiuses are all gone. <laughs> I, and and yeah. yeah, when he says, and when they say, oh, uh, she recognizes, the Carrie says, he recognizes it because she fucked him. And Hawkman's like, fuck, it's like <laughs> being the shit out of Carrie saying, how dare you? Uh, yeah, but like that, that makes it obvious she fucked him. Yeah, yeah. Then we get to issue six, and it starts with like a text of it's a report from a social worker, and it's about this like kid that was living with these parents, and this is going on. The Plutonians going through this home, and it's like subject was taken to this place. This is the third family the boy's been placed with, and they've cited vague inability to caretake and personal emotional distress reasons for abandoning the case and returning the boy back. And they said like it's so weird because this kid obviously wants to be loved and is eager to love too. And mm-hmm. like they say he's a great kid every time they bring him back, but for some reason yep. they can't put him in a home. And he's as he's walking through this home, he sees a, a blonde boy outside trying to fix his bike and he uses his heat vision to try to melt the chains back together and he just destroys it. <laughs> Because yeah. it's hard, I guess, to have laser eyes. And the Plutonian's like reaching over to him. He's like, Danny, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. He's telling this image of this boy. He says, don't do it as the kid picks up the bite. Don't make them afraid of you, Danny. And he just starts throwing. Them. And he yells like, mom, look out. And then we don't see what happens because the Plutonian starts getting SOS. And then he flies away from this vision. We're back at base and they're just uh, killing the Modius bots as they find them. Because they're all running away. They're not very dangerous. They're just kind of like walking around getting killed. And they're like, we can't let them loose in the world. Uh, Carrie's like, you know, you shouldn't have said in earshot that they fin- they completed their purpose and they'd be no use afterwards, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, as soon as they find the Blutonian. <laughs> and basically the last one they find, they kill it and they find a box that he had of Sam's stuff. Samsara's his sidekick stuff, Blutonian sidekick. Mm-hmm. And in it, they find a little thing that looks like a car fob. It's like the Captain Marvel like uh, summoning thing. <laughs> no, it's the th- it's just like the thing. It's like uh, Jimmy Olsen in the yeah, watch. Jimmy Z- 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 it's the the thing that's only Superman can hear the frequency. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so he's like, oh no, it's a panic button. Someone and so one of the Modi spots pressed it, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay, he's on his way here. Um, we're fucked. But... And they realize if he's coming here. His base then he's not going to be at his base. Right. So everyone jumps through a dimensional portal to go to his base. And then Carrie stays behind and he's like, you know, the brother that's left that has no powers. He's like, I'm expendable. You guys jump through the portal. 
because I'm I'm just gonna pretty much like die here once he comes. Yeah. And he says, oh, "We I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. They they had their powers together. Like the twins needed each other to get power. So when the one brother died, he has no powers. Yeah, like like the other twins always mm-hmm. say, once the powers activate, and put their like fists together. Uh, uh, like they need the powers. Like that's the idea is that these two twins need the powers to to operate." And so the, yep. the Plutonian just flies Mach 4 through the wall, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. smashes everything. And as he does, Carrie turns. He grabs Carrie's throat and he's like, he's holding up against the wall ready to punch him. And then Carrie turns on the television. And it's about this children's play that had swept the Jackson, Tennessee area. And it's like, there's just these bo- these pictures of just like kids as skeletons everywhere with their clothes on and everything. So they somehow became skeletons yeah. like while playing out in the playground and everything. And it says... A mysterious outbreak contained and neutralized before it could erupt into a global threat. The swift actions of Paradigm saved the millions, you know. Um, and Carrie says, hell of a day, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the kind of thing that could give nightmares to the devil. And it was pretty evident that we were in over our heads. And it shows, like, it cuts to them all, like, freaking out. Because these kids are turning into skeletons, but they have their eyeballs in their head. And they're still, like, alive. They're moving they're just, and like, stuff. These... Yeah. yeah. We should also we mention, uh, I said before, like the, like, like, the art style is, like, very... Uh, d- dark, um, like a like a Mark Millar comic. Even in flashbacks, mm-hmm. even when something like grotesque happen like this, all the colors are very bright, bright, uh, vivid. Like, uh, yeah. So like, it's yeah. very much like a looks like a, a more comic booky in comparison. It's just still like it's yep. it's horrifying to see this, like these yeah. children crawling as skeletons and cubits, like it's some kind of virus, extraterrestrial. Um, I guess it's killing only children because only their autoimmune systems can't fight it off. It liquefies the skin yeah. and muscle, animates the skeleton, and it's spreading. And they're like, yeah, how is it spreading? Like, yeah. Can you hear it? And they're like, what? The, the alert? And it's like, not the alert, the virus. I can hear it, can't you? And then he's like, ultrasonic, it's an ultrasonic life form. The virus spreads on the screams of the living. As people are screaming, the virus spreads over and starts killing kids. Yeah, Plutonian's able to hear it, so he's, he, 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 yeah. that's how he figured this out. And they basically... Uh, they build a big like thing, a big tuning fork that yeah. uh, has a counter frequency. Tony can hear the exact frequency it is, and mm-hmm. they build this across the city, and they and they stop it. And it's like we did everything as well as we, and quickly as we could, but uh, it, uh, too much damage was already done. The only thing that was scary to us was seeing your reaction to what happened that day. We had never imagined you like that, but to be fair, I would have been speechless too if it had been my fault. And that's the stinger. For the end is Carrie telling him it was his fault that these kids were turning into yeah. skeletons. At the same time, the Justice League and his Fortress of Solitude finds a room that's a bunch of skeleton kids sitting around. Yeah. Very creepy. And then there's also like a room where it's just got like naked pictures of Bet around that <laughs> Bet finds. And she's like, never mind about this. This room is empty. <laughs> it's a closet. Yeah, nothing in here. <laughs> so issue seven starts with uh, the Plutonian fighting against Carrie and like smashing him against smashing the wall. him up against the wall. And they, he basically explains to the, how he figured it out. He's like, I found that car alarm thing that turned out to be the SOS in the lab that was destroyed. So he's like, yeah. ah. So. In, the, in the lab where the, like, the virus originated from. Um, the, the comic is interspersed between like things of Carrie and the Plutonian talking and telling about the backstory. And then back at like the, the lab that um they find the, that uh, i mean the plutonians headquarters where everyone else is at and there's that lady that had the wig put on her yeah, the, 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 the batman the, lady that, that let's for, say yeah, former super villain the encanta yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and she's shooting like lasers at them it's like, it's like when they, ca- they, they, they capture her and you sit and she says so that sick bastard's gonna pass me around to his friends dad it don't touch me um, and then then the yeah. hawk man's like 
why is she dressed like my wife <laughs> yeah she's wearing the exact same like outfit except the wig yeah <laughs> and bet's like uh yeah just shaking her head and so they go back to carrie and basically they start to give some backstory about how Car- carrie explains like how he figured it out yep um... and they say how how this even started was that they there was an alien war but like when they attacked earth or whatever and paradigm fought the aliens and all of the scientists started to beg Paradigm saying, give us the technology. Paradigm's the Justice League of this world. They started to beg the Justice yeah. League saying, please give us the technology. And we they agreed as a team, we're not going to give over any of this stuff to humans. But there was one scientist who wouldn't let it go. He would he was just basically slandering the Plutonian on every blog. Blog post, editorials, screeching idiot tirades about how selfish I was not to share the technology that might benefit the world. It got to the point where no one alive was allowed to say anything good about the Plutonian without that jackass answering them with an insult. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, Carrie says, the Plutonian reads blogs. And Plutonian says, the Plutonian Carrie promised to pay attention to everyone. And basically, he starts like losing his like shit from this guy. And he flies over to his lab. And this is when we start to he- see that while he's talking to this guy, you hear him hearing... Uh, you know yeah. a, a mugging uh, gonna be okay kids 612 in progress drop your weapons tornado watch 1.4 tremor and he shows and he, up he, so, yeah he talks to this guy and he's like at first the guy's like plutonium i i he's like i'm not here to hurt you dr seabrook i just want to answer you say this crusade isn't about you it's about mankind is that true he's like yes and he says can i trust you and he says yes and it shows like the heartbeat you know uh lines again and it shows that he's not lying to the plutonium so then he's like all right then let's start small i retrieved this gift from an alien craft and here you go it contains some sort of self-sustaining sound wave you might sound find some application for it i also like i just i love i know i, I spoiled it earlier and i keep bringing it up but I, like the fact <laughs> that he's hearing everything it, it really changes my outlook on him so much how like even he, like hearing people say like praying or someone saying hit the brakes like someone's about yeah. to die and he like is having to hear this and thinking I ca- I probably could fly to them fast mm-hmm. enough to stop this, but I have to talk to this guy. Yeah, and he and he gives them uh, the SOS signal. And he says, "You you examine this alien thing, but if anything is seems dangerous, you press this, and I will be here instantly." So then uh, he tells Carrie after this, he's like, "You're lucky your brother's dead." The power. And he's like, "Excuse me, the powerless part. Without him, you're an ordinary man. You." You could have, well, you could have a boring, ordinary life. No more constant dread, no more 24-7, no more noise. And that shows like a big splash page of him like hearing everyone like asking for help, being shot. Well, he's saving a bunch of people. Yeah, he's saving a baby. He's saving a guy falling off a building. He's saving a drowning guy and he's still hearing all this people yelling and then there's a flashback to him saving like a boat and the, like uh but Alden was like oh you all this bullet damage you ruined my boat <laughs> you can't you can't expect you to pay yeah. for all this damage you have to fix this and um tony's like i'm not a carpenter sir he's like use your powers or something and, and kind with him is like go ahead use your wood vision yeah so she like, takes that as a joke like isn't this funny but he freaks out saying yeah. i owe you nothing he also the guy saying i owe you nothing stop it just stop it like, I saved your goddamn boat. Give me one minute of peace. And he flies away into space. And, and as he's flying, he's hearing the people on Earth all yelling. And it's like starting, the word bubbles start to fade away as he hits space. And now, and yep. now he's, they get smaller and smaller. And now he's basically Dr. Manhattan on the moon. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying, I'm tired of these people. I'm tired of being trapped in the tangled lives. Yeah. And it's really great because his face, when he first lands on the moon, he's so anguished. He's like so upset. He's grimacing. Yeah. And he starts uh, to like calm down. He's like, Yep. Maybe 10, like I have 10 minutes of silence for the first time in my goddamn life. Yeah, he says, I don't know exactly how long I was there, but it could have been five or 10. After all I've given the world, how could 10 minutes possibly be too much to ask? And then as he starts getting closer to Earth, 
he's here's the SOS from that doctor he gave the sound device to, and that's when the children started turning into the skeletons. Yeah. 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 And then comes to modern day and he asks uh, Carrie, who else knows? And Carrie is like, No one. Uh, that's a hell of a secret, Tony. And it's like Tony's gonna he ray vision him, but Carrie says, I have a secret too. And he blasts him with with his eye. Uh, my yeah, my brother never had his own power, Tony. He shared mine. So plot twist, <sighs> he's not one of his powers, he's Shazam. I love that too. I was like, wow, that that surprised me quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Especially because the entire time, like, he blasts Tony pretty far away. And the entire time, you feel like it's just going to be like, we got to find a way to stop pl- the Plutonian. I almost call him Plutonian Man again. <laughs> that, that's, that's also what, is why I started liking it, because uh, I know this comic goes about for 37 issues. I think 37 <laughs> issues of him just going to countries and blowing up everyone would yeah, get too tiring. like terrorizing people yeah, like, would get tiring. Like, I think Mark Rillard would love doing that. That would be, like, his favorite <laughs> comic to write. But um, mm-hmm. I, I I, think Mark Wayne knows enough to, to have some back and forth happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's why I thought, like, maybe this could wrap up within, like, maybe 8 or 10 or 12. But I, I was pleasantly surprised that it, it kept going on for more than this. Because it keeps, like, as it's progressing, you're like, oh, there's more to this than I thought. And it goes into the next issue starts, our final issue, issue 8. Starts with the Wonder Twins talking about, like, or I mean, uh, Carrie talking about his powers. Where he's like, My brother had no powers from the day he was born, but he could siphon my energy and I, I let him. And that made us look like equals. We never told anybody, not a single person, uh, but half my power wasn't enough to save him when you brought Inferno's headquarters down around us. The second I woke up, I could feel he was gone. I could feel it. All that excess energy had nowhere to go. It was practically jumping out of my skin. You'd killed my brother. I knew that then I could do the same to you if I faked being powerless, if I could blindside you. And then he, like, you see, like, a Sky City sign. And remember, that's the city he destroyed. Uh, and yeah. it says, welcome to Sky City, protected by the Plutonian. And the Plutonian <laughs> smashes through it. Like, he really fucking flies. He, he hit him so hard. Yeah. And he has a black a black eye, actually. And uh, Carrie said, that's what sucks about being invulnerable, Tony. You never have to learn how to fight. I also love that, too. I'm like, there's no way Superman would be a good fighter. <laughs> like seriously yeah. we talk about Muhammad, Muhammad Ali versus man like there's no way he actually know technique or anything like, right he can't I mean like he literally fights can never last with him because he just blows that people up and so him and Carrie uh, fight for the majority of this issue and, and Carrie's just like he's really just yelling at him yeah he's like you. what made you turn this city into a river of blood some five year old flip you off <laughs> and, and his power he has like energy like like radiation power kind of thing like he's, he's glowing red the entire time Yep, and then it cuts like back to the base, the Plutonian's headquarters, and the Hawkman's just like, why are you dressing like my wife to that lady? Then the wife bets, there's the pull out a gun in the background. Yeah, but she's just like reloading it. It's one of those things where like it keeps you on edge because it makes it seem like she's going to kill her. But, you know, she's checking her ammunition, her glowing bullets. <laughs> did he call your, and then Hawkman says, did he call your name or hers? Do you satisfy his needs? Was he the best you ever had? He's, he's really insecure. He's, he's, he's fucking going after this poor sex slave. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, yeah. and then Bet's pointing the gun at her now. Yeah, yeah so she, she, she was going to shoot in the face. She was. And then the rest of the team busts in and they're like, oh, we couldn't find anything. And then she puts the gun yeah. away. She's like, oh, okay. Uh. Yeah. And it's like, Carrie died to buy us time to search. And then he realizes that, that the Modiuses were looking here. They're trying to find him. Like, the thing they were looking for is here. And he realizes he's like, oh, it's her. It's the sex slave. That That's what Modius 
bots were wanting to find. And so then it cuts back to Carrie, and he's just, like, zapping the plutonium, punching him, and he's, why? And the plutonium's like, Samsara! He's like, Samsara, your sidekick. That kid you worshipped and you carved up his brain? He's like, he was never supposed to know. Oh, this is cut, this cutscene. This flashback is <laughs> so cutscene. brutal. Uh, I love this game. The gameplay is to that attempt. This cutscene going yeah. too fucking long. He, he yeah. comes back. The plutonium comes back to Sam. And he's like, Sam, you home? I got a surprise for you, buddy. The lost sapphire of Ishwar. It took some <laughs> yeah. digging, literally, but I found it for you. Your research was dead on. And then he's like, Sam, what's wrong? And he Sam is like shaken. And he's like, the Jackson Plague... He's like, God, what a nightmare. What's wrong, pal? You look like you got the weight of the world on your shoulders. What can I do to help? And he says, tell me they're wrong. The scientists at Sky City Research that could call to, to talk to me. And he said that the records are there, that they know what really happened about in Jackson, that you know where the virus came from. And he said, like, tell me it's not true. And he's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, what is it? And Samsara says, I never knew you could lie. And that, that's what basically triggers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Just, my God. He flies out of there and he arrives to the lab and he's like, why did you tell him? And the scientist is like, I, he's like, he didn't have to know. No one trusted me like he did. And you took that away from me. I make one stupid mistake and now I have nothing. Now no one will ever look up to me again. And he's just like, he's just burning the place down. After all the good I've done. Stop yeah, it. Stop yeah. looking like I'm some bomb that go off any time. Is that what you think I am? Is that what you want me to be? Is it? And then yeah. he, go- yeah. he goes off. Yeah. Yeah, and that shows like the wreckage of the whole city. He he's even he doesn't even say I didn't mean for Jackson to happen. Is that how this works? Like, <laughs> like uh, he obviously didn't intend to have a supersonic plague go off. Yeah. I, I think uh, then he blows up the fucking yeah place. This is what this, this seems to be his uh, when he starts murdering people phase. That was his, uh, definitely his turning point right yeah. there. Yep. And then Tony says that he told that to carry that so he could like sucker punch him and like carry blast him in the face and then everyone comes through the portal to see him and they're like carry you're alive and it's like better than i'm alive i'm kicking this bastard's ass and then the plutonian just flies away now that he's been outnumbered and carrie's like ha he's gone off to lick his wounds and he's like we don't have to worry about him anymore because now like i i can clearly fight him wherever he shows up and and, and, and he and says to them the, Carrie's also like, I'm the leader of this team now. I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to lead us to victory now that I'm the one calling the shots. Tony's on the run now. And everyone's looking at each other like, uh-oh. Like, whoa. He's getting a little confident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they ask, where do you think he went? And it shows a hole in the ground. And deep within the hole, like, you know, as the plutonium flew through it, it's that he arrived underground beneath the cemetery at Samsara's coffin. It's so That was so sad to me. He's just laying there all beat up, holding Samsara into the coffin. And that's why in that yeah. first scene where I'm like, when he's just zapping the coffin area, the graveyard, I'm like, yeah, would he? Maybe he would. He's He lost his fucking mind. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it could also be like a thing, like maybe as Mark Millar, Mark, Mark, Mark Wade, <laughs> as he was writing more of it, he was like really leaning into like what Tony would find special, like what he would still hang on to and whatnot. Well, uh, I know um, from based on the Amazon reviews, people bitch that uh, they had four, they, they, the trades just have four issues at a time or whatever. So um, maybe as he realized the series was going to continue and be successful, uh, he started uh, fleshing it out more over time. Uh, and maybe in the beginning it was just, it was just more edgelordy to see if it, if, if it will catch a market. Who knows? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, the reason I, I, I mean, if we're going into final thoughts, the reason I really like this, yeah. it, like, I really, really like this was like, I think what makes it great is it, it, the reason it's, I think it's such a good inversion of Superman is because as the hero, Plutonian was like, his big downfall was that he cared 
so hard about the world. Like he was trying so hard to be a good guy. <laughs> and that when, yeah. when that, when he lost it all because he fucked up, he like couldn't handle it. Whereas if he yeah. was just kind of a more callous, like yeah, I'm saving people kind of guy, he never would have gone evil because he wouldn't have cared that much. Yeah, it's if he was less sensitive to the plight of the world, he'd right. be like, I'm trying to do my best. Whereas here, it's like he is, so, he just wants so hard to do this, and also like he doesn't have the the like mental integrity to hold on to like the, those like when the mistake happened like the virus was released like that just broke him he never wanted something of that magnitude to get out yeah to to be the cause of like his negligence because he needed to fly away from people always yelling at him like i said it, it feels like uh, how a, like a normal person would react to this because uh imagine like because like imagine like how many people superman saves on a, on like a daily basis and like how many times he saved like the entire planet and like, so imagine like after doing all that, uh, you're going to be viewed as a monster for. And he would be too. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. would be viewed as a monster, and that's what's I, 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 that's why I was sympathetic because I'm like, he saved the whole planet. That means like everyone would be dead. Every every billions of people, all of them would be dead if not for him. But yeah, they would still. What would be in everyone's minds is no, he's the guy who killed all those people in that plague. Yeah, and what I like too is it's like the choice there. Like it was his fault because he gave yeah. the equipment. Trusting, it's because he yeah he was trusting this guy and he did want to make the world a better place. This guy's like this science could help us, and it's like maybe you would give alien science over to like government officials or scientists because they're like, can this help like cure cancer? Yeah, or and, whatever. And, and it's one of those things like I, 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 everyone was agreeing with that scientist guy saying, yeah, why isn't he like like. Uh, they say like he wouldn't go away. Like he was going on TV all the time to say like, yeah. "Wow, please, asshole for now, give us technology." So like, and like, uh, even though even even though everyone agreed with that guy at the time, uh, no one's gonna remember that. Everyone's gonna be like, no. "Oh, I was like, it's like how Trump said, I was against the Iraq war, even though he was for it." Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like yeah. everyone's in much space like, "I was right. This guy is the worst guy ever. He fucked up. Uh, why, why would yeah. he believe that crazy scientist man?" People, whenever people aren't the ones personally affected, they they always are like, "I was on the right side of everything always." Yeah. yeah. And th that's why, like, I really like this and I, I want to, like, read it again or, like, have you guys read it. It wasn't just, like, the, you know, the edgy pitch of, like, what if Superman murdered people? It was more just, like, what if Superman wasn't always going to do the right thing? Like, what if he wasn't fallible? Uh, like Ryan always says, Superman is super everything, including super moral. But what if he was just, like, a human yep. being who happened to have superpowers? Yeah. Well, if it was, like, Batman had, with the power of Superman. Yeah. Yeah, Batman would have killed and, everyone already. Yeah, and plus, as I was reading it, the part that I started to like more than the first time I read it is I did like the, 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 <laughs> the world being built around it. That it became a lot more, like, interesting to me having read a lot more comics being like, oh, he's actually, like, he's doing some interesting things here. Like, I want to see more of what happens here. Like, in the beginning of the next issue, the American government, like, the, the, the top brass gets together and they pull out a gun. They're like, all right, so we only know of one way to stop him. We're going to have to, like, summon a demon from hell by shooting one of us in the head and to get, hit, like, because the, the demon had fought the Plutonian before. And oh. I'm like, that's fun, like superhero kind of oh now it's fun stuff. it was dumb before but now it's fun <laughs> yeah well another way to look at it sly is maybe i've just broken down something that i found dumb the first time i read this now i'm like this is cool superhero <laughs> stuff they gotta shoot themselves in the head to summon a demon well now uh now it's revolved persona whatever game that was <laughs> it's persona game app yeah. wait did it never mind i'm not looking this up <laughs> i don't care enough <laughs> yeah, i don't care enough about what came first when so what'd you think sly you liked it yeah i uh at the beginning it felt very edgelordy 
Uh, I, yes. I, I do think uh, even I will even, say that. even when I wasn't like digging it all the way, uh, um, I do think Mark Wade's talented writer still shown through. Uh, I never felt this was like a Mark Millar book where it felt like torture to read. And, yes. Uh, and when I started getting uh, in more into uh, what was what really caused his shift, that's where like I can like he's obviously a monster, but I can so he's, he's at least an interesting monster. And I can see where why he would become this. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I thought this was really cool. Also. Good. When I started reading, I'm like, is this DC or what is this? And then I was like, <laughs> Boom Comics. Yeah, it's yeah. Boom Steve. It's funny because now uh, DC has Injustice, Gods Among Us. So they have kind of like their own equivalent, but obviously not this gory or or, or this violent. Is Injustice is a comic? Like it's, a, it's a, a video, series? It's a game. It's a video game. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because that's, that's why I'm like, oh, it's, it's not that original. I, I knew it was a game. I'm like, is this also? Because I just assume you're always talking about comics when you're like, DC also has this. Like, I wouldn't be like, DC also has films. They, they actually, there's a, there's a tie-in comic to the game that people say is uh, really good, but I've never read it. But um, from what I know, I think it's basically the same thing where Superman eventually just snaps and uh, <laughs> cool. Every everything gets redone if you give it enough time. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and thank you for being part of the Patreon. And I don't know what plugs are supposed to go here. Listen to the shows <laughs> not, on, not the like com- a, on the comrade network. flag machine. <laughs> Uh, go listen to 33 and a third under 45 Ryan's music blog. He just did one on um, Ingrid Ingrid Michelson's (laughs) Stranger Songs. Cool. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see what we're going to do next week. I'm not even sure what we're doing next week. (laughs) Uh, Shade the Changing Man. Shade the Changing Man. Okay, (laughs) cool. This this has been the only time. (laughs) I thought that was your outro. I thought you were saying, I've been Shade the Changing Man. See, I'll say next week. And I was like, what is that? Bob? What is that? <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. I've been turning kids into skeletons. I've been wearing a dress and getting fucked by somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been about to lobotomize Daryl so he can't t- talk about me to people. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in c- 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 continuity, I guess? Cockinuity? I don't know. Cockinuity. Oh, <laughs> don't stay in there. <laughs> Unless you like it, not gonna kink shame. Yeah, Millar, you can do it if you want. If you're listening. <laughs> he was listening since Nemesis. Stay in continuity. Bye. I give you the incredible flying machine. <laughs>